Hey everybody out there in Scale Up Land, it is Nick here and welcome to today's show. The theme of today's show is one of my favorite topics because it's all about joint ventures and partnerships. And for those of you who have followed me for some time, you know that I am an absolute fan of this stuff. Not to say that growing your company through organic activities such as marketing, paid advertising, and that sort of thing. Not to say that that stuff is wrong. I mean, it's usually something you have to do and it becomes a bit of a rite of passage. But once your business gets to a certain level, I think it's really, really important to start to think about things that drive what I call strategic growth. I've mentioned previously that acquisitions, you know, growing your business via acquisitions is one of those levers, but the other lever is joint ventures, partnerships, game-changing partnerships, things that can absolutely dramatically scale your business efficiently and effectively and super quick. Now, joining me on the show today is an absolute expert in this space and a very, very good friend, and that person is Charles Bird. Now, The short bio for Charles is that he is a human lead magnet and a super connector with a deep background in joint ventures, lead flow, and what he says is frictionless systems. Now, I know him extremely well, and all of those things are true, particularly the super connector bit. But what we're going to discuss today, I think, is crucial for your business because a lot of people go out there spending heaps of money trying to fill their business with leads and complicated funnels, and as I mentioned, paid advertising. What Charles is going to go through today is a masterclass in growing your business through partnerships, through joint ventures, and how you can create lucrative promotional deals that have had some of his clients booking literally seven figures of new business into their companies in very, very quick timelines. With joint ventures, uh, you're only paying commissions based on actual sales made, meaning you are paying a commission with money you wouldn't have had otherwise. So enjoy this conversation, full transparency. I have had Charles coach me and he has helped me scale my business incredibly. In fact, we quadrupled the number of leads coming through my business and the stuff that I do on exiting through his coaching and mentorship. So we will touch on that a little bit today, but I wanted to have him on the show because I think if you are not leveraging joint ventures in your business, you absolutely should be. If you're clear on what your winning outcomes are, you can ask questions in a way to feel out what those best winning outcomes are. Number two is looking at the ways you can provide value. So welcome to the show, my good friend and joint venture expert, Charles Bird. Hey everyone, it is Nick Bradley here. Welcome to Scale Up for another week. Today, I have a good friend on the show, and we are going to be talking about one of the most important drivers, levers of growth in a business, and that is joint ventures and strategic partnerships. Now, for people who have listened to my stuff for a while, you'll know that I talk about this in the same lens, in the same vein as mergers and acquisitions. It is one of the most important things that you have to add to your repertoire if you are going to build a high-value company. And I'm delighted to say that the person I have on the show today is a world expert in this space. So welcome to Scale Up today, Charles Bird. Thank you so so much, Nick. It is a pleasure to be here. Awesome. So I have known Charles for a little while now. We have worked together. He has helped me scale what I'm doing with High Value Exit because joint ventures and partnerships are a key part 
of my business model. So today, what we're going to do, Charles, if that's okay, we're going to kind of talk about your story a little bit. How did you get into this? But what I'd really like to do is get into how how joint ventures can be utilized effectively and certainly some tips from you about how people can start to bring them into their businesses. How's that sound? Sounds like a, a great agenda. Sounds like a great agenda. All right. So Charles, t- tell us the story. How did you get into this? How did you get into being an expert in joint ventures and partnerships? Sure. So a little backstory straight into what I do today. I uh, worked in the Silicon Valley for 15 years. Uh, I was a director at a billion dollar software company. I left to get a taste of the entrepreneurial freedom I read about in books. Started as, we, a, as we all did. <laughs> sure. Started with a low ticket productivity course and being new to the online space at that time, didn't yet have a list or connection. So started going to a lot of events and connecting with people online and quickly found my new peer group of entrepreneurs already had my ideal clients in their communities. So started setting up presentations to other people's audiences, delivering a high value training and offering the deeper dive course and started growing the list quickly, making sales. And that was all, just to be clear, that was just at that point, it was about productivity, right? More so than anything else? Yeah, that was the first product. And by setting up these joint ventures or presenting to other people's groups, the list grew, sales grew, started making a positive impact for people that I was working with. So I thought, since this is working, what if I take my IT and systems background and simplify and systematize the entire joint venture process, which I did. And eventually people wondered how I book two to six joint venture promotions per week for my own offers to other people's communities. And uh, I was at a mastermind in Aspen, my phone's blowing up with texts and messenger messages, people knocking on the room door going, how do you book so many of these promotions? So I decided to put together my first high ticket event called Pure JV, helping businesses scale through joint venture promotions. And that's the market I've been serving ever since. We help them create a unique JV strategy for their product and market, help them identify their most profitable partners, show them how to connect to those partners through warm channels. My favorite part, how to guide the conversations to land the deals operationally, how to execute those deals along with turning each one into two or three more. And eight of my clients within a year added 1.25 to 6 million in additional revenue. And the client base and uh, volume keeps getting bigger and bigger. So we're gonna crush those numbers in short order. Like uh, one of my clients did 500K in a weekend last month. Uh, Another one six weeks ago did 2 million in a weekend. Um, so giving people frameworks for doing this in a very repeatable way. So let's play with this a little bit, just so we can kind of get under the skin of this. So, and, and, and I just want to be really clear with everyone listening here. So there are different ways of driving, let's call it traffic or interest, you know, or even awareness to your brand or your product, right? A lot of people look at it. Um, from the lens of, you know, you can go out there and dance around on TikTok like a chicken, <laughs> as a joke around, right? like content marketing, right? Content marketing is great, but it takes time. Okay. You know, you're not necessarily paying much for it, but you have to produce it. Right. And it can have a result, right? You, you can build traffic leads or whatever for your business from that. Then you've got your own list 
And of course, at the beginning, if you're starting out in business, you probably haven't got much of one, right? So you have to go and rent it and all that or whatever. Um, and then you've got paid activity. And the obvious paid activity is, is advertising where, you know, you buy Facebook ads or YouTube ads and all of that. And again, that can be quite challenging for, for businesses at the very beginning as well, because to get scale with paid ads, you know, you, you need to invest. But what we're talking about here is a couple of different things. We're, we're talking about leveraging other people's audiences particularly the ones that are talking to your ideal customer, right? And, that, and that's where that could be effectively partnering with them on their list. It could be speaking at their events. It could be hosting a webinar, for example, Charles, couldn't it, in terms of to their audience. And commercially, just so we're clear on this, there's a exchange of value here, but it's not necessarily an upfront payment, right? Is it? It's kind of partnering on the outcome of the collaboration is that correct exactly so it's risk-free diversified traffic so let's well, that's a nice way this. of saying it i wish I, that was a simple way instead of my like blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um let's say you're paying for traffic facebook ads things like that when they're working they're awesome uh but frequently they they don't work or frequently um an account can get hacked or, or, or Facebook can shut down an account. So it becomes a very high risk thing when your primary lead source can be turned off like a light switch where partnerships, each individual partnership, each new stage, each community, they're independent of each other um, and it's warm traffic. So it converts two to three times higher uh, if not 20 plus times higher for high ticket than cold traffic. And I'll, I'll give you a, a brief example of that, the, the difference in warm versus not. So one of my clients is a gentleman named Todd Hartley. He helps businesses scale by uh, leveraging video in their sales process. And Tony Robbins hired him to train all of his sales teams across his companies. And it worked so well that uh, now he's on stage with Tony for business mastery. I've seen we, this actually. I've seen some of his, um, yeah, blow, his brand is blown up, I think, through that collaboration. Oh yeah, it's it's been amazing. And so he hired me within a month, he'd landed six JVs each bringing in over 125K. So he messages the woman who curates the speakers for business mastery. And he's like, Tony's program's amazing. Charles has something that will make it even better. Now, when I, say that if I were to have messaged that woman, I would never hear from her ever. But with, with someone who's on the stage, top rated speaker outside of Tony, that they've got a deep relationship, she's going to pay attention. And that's what we're talking about, the transference of trust and authority. When you're working with warm traffic, it converts better because of that transference of trust and authority. And to your point, Facebook ads, you're doling that money out, whether those ads work or not, where with joint ventures, uh, you're only paying commissions based on actual sales made, meaning you are paying a commission with money you wouldn't have had otherwise. Yeah. So great. And, and, and I found, and as I said, from the, um, the outset of this conversation, I said, I've been working with you for a year or so now, Charles, and it's been awesome in terms of some of the things I've learned, but also the connections and the rooms that you've opened up. And one of the things I think that's the most powerful in what you teach and educate entrepreneurs on is that process of firstly building rapport and connection, right? And, and the way that you elegantly uh, 
I'm going to say make an offer, but it's more than that. It's kind of like open the conversation around how you could partner. Do you want to share some of the, I know you don't want to go through probably all of them. We haven't got time, but, but how do you, how do you get people to, to you, know, you know, the first conversation, right? You've you jumped on a call with them. There's been an introduction. How do you get them to um, feel warm or feel kind of comfortable uh, even doing a joint venture partnership with you? Sure. So I have a, a very specific process that I, train clients to do. And I had to reverse engineer what I was doing because I didn't actually even realize what I was doing to make it work so well. And so there's a, a few key things uh, that I'll, I'll share. Number one, have a sense of what a winning outcome is for you in, in any in interaction. So just to share some examples, um, potentially landing them as a client, of course, is a, a winning outcome. Lining up a joint venture partnership is a winning outcome landing a stage, a referral partnership, getting booked on a podcast, um, getting connected to some of their best clients. Like if you're clear on what your winning outcomes are, you can ask questions in a way to feel out what those best winning outcomes are. Number two is looking at the ways you can provide value. Um, in, in life and business, of course, there is exchange that keeps the wheels spinning, but I don't like transactional things. I like building deep long-term relationships. Uh, and one of the best ways to do that is to listen to what other people are seeking to accomplish and shortcut their path to achieve that in something I call, the, call a value burst, meaning a way to be useful without getting wrapped around the spokes in some long thing. So that could be a, a connection to someone they need, a, a referral to an ideal client, like sending over a, a great copywriter because maybe they, they need one, like um, those kind of things. Uh, another thing is building rapport very quickly. So uh, there's something I call the invisible pitch, which uh, it demonstrates authority, momentum, and guides toward the outcome you're seeking for the call. So uh, we want to check the box of, is, is this conversation worth my time? Is the person I'm talking to trustworthy? Do they have a, a track record of delivering? We need to answer those questions very early in the call so we can remove the uh, defense mechanisms people have and actually get to know each other and look at absolute ways to be of value to each other. So th that's another key thing. And I'll just give an example, like uh, yeah, please do, because the invisible pitch is something when when we spoke about it initially, it, it, it takes a certain amount of you've got to be quite clever in the way that you frame that. So it's a structured piece, right? Like as opposed to it just being a random conversation. The, the one thing I think learned I learned working with you is is obviously everything's genuine and authentic in the conversation, but the structure around it leads to some inevitable outcomes, right? in terms of someone has no choice but to answer a yes or no to a certain question exactly so so the invisible pitch i mean just break it down a little bit more for us if you can so yeah. let, let's we can role play it if you want to <laughs> that's a bit of fun sure well i've, I've got a, a great example so uh one of my friends a gentleman named steve harwood yeah. lovely guy um my friend cat Merritt, who was hanging out with uh yesterday in san diego drug us both across a cocktail party room floor to meet each other, uh, exchange contact info. 
And I knew at the time he had something to do with booking the war room stages because he's really tight with uh, Ryan and Roland and, yeah. and so forth. So I wanted to speak on that stage. So we, we jump on the call. And so I knew that was a potential winning outcome from that call. And this example, I'll point out, the invisible pitch isn't even meant to work this fast. It just happened to in this case. But uh, basically, jump on. It's like, Steve, how's it going? You know, where are you based? He happens to be in Utah. I'm like, oh, I'm coming out there to be in a documentary with Robert Kiyosaki. So we we kind of bond on his regional location. And then he's like, you know, what are you up to? And I'm like, well, just went for a run here in the Napa Valley and it feels good to be outside because I've been doing a lot of traveling uh, and speaking. I spoke at the Wizard Academy with Mike Keenigs and then Joe Polish wanted me to speak at the Genius Network. And then my client, Alaric Heck, is having me speak at, at, to 120 of his high ticket clients that I'm speaking at Flight Club. And he interrupts and goes, you should speak at the final war room. <laughs> Great idea, Steve. Now, uh, got it. why does this work so well is when I say I'm speaking at those kind of events, do you feel you need to vet me? No, because again, if people know, we're talking about a community where people kind of know what those events are and they know the names, right? So to some extent, you know, whether it's name dropping or whatever else, you're edifying your position and status subtly by saying that you've already been accepted in those, you know, pretty well-regarded communities. Right. So we check the box of, is this person legit? Is this conversation worth my time? And now we can actually just get down to getting to know each other and, and learning more. So it, it, it greatly accelerates that process. I'm also demonstrating momentum. I'm not doing a one-off stage. I do this all the time. I'm all over the world doing this. So we've got momentum behind it. And then I was seeding that particular outcome because that's one of the winning outcomes I was interested in beyond just getting to know him and, and helping him out, which I've helped him with all kinds of great connections um, and he with me. So uh, by building those things in, it, it greatly accelerates uh, the process and it should be done quite tastefully. Again, I didn't even know I was doing this in the past. I, I just happened to be doing it. And then to help others get the same results, I had to break down what I was actually doing to it. So that. let's just explore that for a second, because I think it's an interesting thing. We can talk about the mechanics or the structure of how to do this successfully. But as you said, you were doing it naturally, right? What is it about your your character, your values that make you good at this? And as I said, I've known you for a long period of time now, certainly the last 12 months, and I've seen you just be, well, I've seen you do two things, okay? One, I've seen you be very generous with your time, right? And and really help people without any major expectations or anything like that. So there's that proper go-giver kind of philosophy. Um, the other thing is, you know, probably as part of that, you are just very well connected, right? Like, you know, most people I speak to on the podcast, you know, the other guests that have come in, you know, your name comes up in multiple circles. What is it about that? Were you always like that, Charles, when you were in kind of IT and operations at the <laughs> Silicon Valley visit? Tell I, me about that transition. I definitely was not like that um so i've always had a decent circle of personal friends but um from the very well, i guess technically second event i'd ever gone to in the industry um 
I realized that the people around me it was like a mastermind setting with 12 or 15 people. And at, at, for context, at that time, I'm brand new, kind of clueless on marketing. And the, the guy sitting over here has 90,000 people on his list. And the guy over here curates these really well-connected people in New York and has them meet up and do scavenger hunts and stuff. And I'm like, how would <laughs> someone have a network like this? Like, it was, to me, mind-blowing. And so I'm like, I could struggle to figure out ads and different things, or I could just go make friends with the person who already has my ideal clients there. So from the second event I've ever, ever went to, I consciously chose to start developing my network. And I think anyone can learn this skill set, introvert, extrovert, because it's a framework. It's a way of being. It wasn't a, I just want to jump in. It wasn't a framework then. I, I think this is important because I, I do have a point I'll make about this, but it, there was a point about just making a decision, right? And trying stuff out. But sure. Because the framework, I mean, the framework came a little bit from testing. I imagine you weren't perfect at it from day one to be able to work that out. How did you start? I mean, was it really as simple as just going up to people at events, you know, having some form of way of opening up that conversation that, you know, is relatively yeah, well, straightforward? Simple curiosity about yep. what they're up to, who they are in the world. Like, uh, so that was a, a natural piece of it. Um, and then always looking to provide value. Um, and what I mean is uh, find ways to be useful to people. And I, I've always had that. Um, so it's consciously combining those two. So back then, like my sweet spot was uh, tech and, and productivity. And so anyone you talk to, you can feel out their awareness of these things and show them a, a better way to do it. Uh, one of my clients is a guy named Gary Sanchez and he helps people determine their why, like what's actually driving them. And for me, it's to be the trusted source, someone you can depend on, someone who will be there for you in a highly trusted way. And two, engineer better ways of doing things and sharing those so people can get those same kind of results. So. So they're, they're almost like values or, um, or ways of thinking about operating, right? Like, you know, cause there, there's certain things, what you just said then were transferable, uh, outside of the JV and partnership world, right? Oh, they're just sure. ways, they're just ways of operating, um, that align with your values. Exactly. So like, uh, the first time I was introduced to Yannick Silver and, and again, I'm going way back in time to, to show this snapshot, but I jump on with Yannick who's got. Uh, the Maverick Mastermind groups, several companies, highly connected. So in my mind, I'm like, what what would be useful and helpful to him? And in again, at that time, uh, what I had, the main thing I had to offer was doing things in a far more streamlined way from a, a tool and systems perspective. So I'm like, if you manage all these companies and people, I assume that can be a little complicated. Does that, is that true? It's like, well, yeah. I'm like, what if I sit down and show you some ways where you can find whatever you need in five seconds and be a lot more efficient with information? He's like, man, that, that would be amazing. So like, then we jump on a call and I'm helping him with that stuff. And then as I'm showing him the systems I've created and use, 
he starts seeing all the people in my network and he's like, oh, there's way bigger things we can be up to. So we've sent each other connections and referrals for, for years, but it's because when I connected, I looked for a need and provided value up front. I wasn't, th that was the whole point. Because if you jump into an interaction and you're seeking something, it's not going to work. You, you have to come in and provide value in other people's world. And for one, it's very satisfying because you're helping people legitimately. And two, tidal waves of opportunity come back. I, even in our relationship, that's been enormously true. Like I've helped you uh, in, in very specific, tangible ways. And the connections that have come back have superseded the super high level ones I already had. Um, so it, it's perpetually driving forward like that. And just, I just, for everyone listening, I just want to make a point here, which I think is a crucial one from my personal journey, not so much, you know, from meeting you, Charles, but before that. And it kind of comes back to this philosophy of contribution, right? So I, I've told the story a few times that when I got into this world of podcasting and speaking and, and my consultancy and that sort of stuff, it started from going to a Tony Robbins event and I was there and I saw the quote from Zig Ziglar about, you know, if you help enough people get what they want and need in life, you'll have everything that you want and need in life. Now, I'd never heard that quote before and didn't know who Zig Ziglar was, right? And I remember in that three or four days of sitting there in that room, my belief system changed around that, which was, and the podcast was actually a way of contributing with, with the premise that if I put enough good stuff out there in the world, some positive things will start coming back. So, you know, is there an expectation? Yes, there is. It's not a direct expectation, but it's going to make me feel different. Right. And then I'm going to show up differently. So I just wanted to bring that up here because I think what we're talking about here for the people who, I know mean, a lot of you are listening and getting this, but just to kind of driven home is that we both approach um, how we work, how we operate our relationships more broadly with the idea of helping people. And one of the things I think people forget is that you can actually just do that without any real expectation. It does take time. It takes effort, it takes energy. But if you do it um, consistently, what you get back is just off the charts, right? That, that's what we're talking about, Charles, isn't it? Absolutely. It's providing value first um, and it creates a wake of goodwill in front of you. It makes it so people pick up on the first ring. It makes it so you walk in the door and people literally rush up to, to greet you because you bring more value to every situation than you ever take. Yeah. Um, powerful. Very powerful. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's fun too. Yeah, it is. Well, it is. And then you get to meet, you know, really interesting people. You get invited to cool things, you know, and then it starts to compound on that as well. So let's, um, sure. let's uh, finish this off a little bit for the last few minutes. Just, getting practical for for a second for everyone listening here because we've touched on some of that you know in terms of frameworks and and how you open up conversations and and the key here is you know you are you're getting very efficient here with how you grow your business if you're looking at it through this lens because someone has done the work right to already build a relationship with your ideal customer and what you're effectively doing is leveraging that relationship but offering but giving value in exchange for that leverage now what I mean by practical is I want to talk about the private equity world a little bit here, because what I say to a lot of people who are either listening to this or my clients is that you can sell your company through a strategic partnership. In fact, it's one of the best ways to do it, right? Um, the way that you do that is very similar to the things we've spoken about today is you have to firstly identify 
who has an interest in what you're doing and you have to go out there and you know structure a relationship build rapport uh, potentially even get introduced to these people through some other network so what i'd like to do is if if you were advising someone from scratch right it doesn't have to be about selling their company it's just about the joint ventures and they're, they're listening to this and they're going you know what i need to do this it's the one thing i'm not doing where do they start right you know obviously you can help which we'll talk about in a, in a bit but but just if they were kind of just want to just start this right now what where would you first start sure well number one uh we want to look at adjacencies complementary things so i will share a few examples and one point i'd love to make is uh kind of some of the things that hold people back from thinking this way and doing these things are a they don't know how the deals are structured they they think they need to potentially cross promote anyone promoting them um i it's called the reciprocation trap um maybe your offer is perfect for my people but my offer is not great for your people so it's having a clear awareness of positive uh fits things that actually fit because that's all we want so looking at market adjacencies um look at something where bringing your product or service to what they're doing or what they're providing to their clients ends up highly uh, advantageous so i'll give like two basic examples from sure. more the internet world but so imagine someone teaching course building or helping people write books uh, either of those you end up with your new book you end up with this course the only thing that makes that valuable at all is getting it in front of the right people so like i have a publisher client with very high-end offers like 110 plus k and she helps people write a bestseller. And the way she describes that is help them build the race car and drive it around the track. That first lap around is their bestseller, right? Now it, they need to continue driving that car. So with my offer inside of her offer, in this case, um, which is an embedded partnership, I show them how to drive that car ongoing into the future, meaning how to take that book and book stages with it, land high ticket clients with it, get booked on podcasts with it. Um, so my offer makes her offer worth way more. Same with a course builder. You create a course on high value exits. It, it's actually not worth anything until it's getting in front of the right people and they're buying it and learning from you along with you getting paid for sharing that knowledge. So uh, an offer like mine that brings dependable traffic to to offers products and services uh it makes that course worth way more so look at what you're doing in the world and what markets are adjacent to that that are highly complementary where their client base is coming out a lot further better results by combining what they already do with what what you do so we're looking at the adjacent markets we're also looking uh, i have a slide that says work from warm it says nothing to do with cold outreach to people we want to work from our warm networks the people around you um so as you look at these adjacent markets you're like well who knows the people that run these groups or or has this product or runs this company because those warm introductions massively shortcut the uh rapport and relationship building and you can make things happen extraordinarily fast when you when you work that way 
Yeah. It's, it, and, and one thing I'll add to that, which is something that comes up in my world quite a bit is if you're sometimes an entrepreneur or a founder is stuck in their business, right? And they haven't built a team around them. So they're kind of the, the bottleneck or the cog that makes everything work. Right. And, and then in my world, of course, they want to exit their companies and all that sort of stuff, but they have no relationships other than maybe some, some customer relationships that they've had to build as part of the growth of their companies. And we often have to um, spend a good deal of time, you know, it can be months, if not a full year, getting those founders out into where potential exits are going to come from. So that could be, let's say if you're going to sell to private equity, you've just got to start going to the events where these people are at. Right. And, and just becoming known. Right. Because as you said, I love, I love the start from warm. I don't think we'd spoken about that before, but it makes a lot of sense. But like to start to be warm, <laughs> right, you either have to be known or you have to be in the right networks where other people are known and you're leveraging those networks. But it starts with putting yourself out there, doesn't it? Which is what you started with when you first got into this game. Yeah, exactly. And uh, every event you go to, any mastermind group, Pay attention to, to who's there, what market they're in, start having conversations and um, magic comes from it. Like you, you hear what people are up to, you find ways to provide value, you find that their client base is perfect for, for what you're offering. Um, you're connecting people that have nothing to do with a positive outcome for you. You're just being a value to them and uh, rinse and repeat you just continue doing that and you can grow ridiculous networks that fr from where i started to to now and and even your journey like it, it's been remarkable seeing how the networks and and connections get world class like top uh of the world as far as building the relationships connecting providing value and and these principles work no matter where you are in this process. It works from the very beginning, works in the middle, works at the top. It's all about connecting, listening, providing value, and uh, having a, a framework to do that that gets you dependable results. Perfect. Well, let's finish on that, I think, Charles. I think you've been doing a lot of traveling too, haven't you? So I, I do want to thank you for kind of like, because normally it's me that's traveling around the world and having to deal with jet lag, but you've come back from uh, what, Croatia, haven't you, in Europe? <laughs> yeah, I was in Zurich for a couple of days, Croatia on a private island with 200 other entrepreneurs for four and a half days, then um, Munich, then San Diego. I just flew in late last night, which is why I started the podcast sounding a little slow. <laughs> That's all right. Well, you know, you've delivered certainly lots of information, education and value today, Charles. So it's been great. Um, so as I mentioned from the outset, I have worked with Charles with his programs and various things, his different mentoring. It's been fantastic. Um, do you want to mention kind of what that is, Charles, if people are interested in doing that, particularly if they want to fast track some of the stuff we've spoken about today? Yeah, absolutely. You can check out charlesbird.com, B-Y-R-D. Uh, process is, is simply learning about you, your product, your market, uh, feeling out like where those adjacencies are, your current lead sources, offers, um, and then coming up with the strategy that can help you scale, diversify your leads, create risk-free traffic that complements any paid traffic you're doing. Um, and as noted, by building these relationships, it can tee you up for um, acquisitions, uh, can tee you up for high value exits. It can increase the value of your exit by adding 
independent lead sources as, as well. So, Fantastic. Uh, and as I said, also from the outset that like, this is part of my methodology around how you scale a company quickly. It's what private equity companies do. So I'm sure there'll be some fun collaboration for you and I in the future. Um, maybe we can get on some stage together, Charles, and, uh, and teach this stuff properly. <laughs> I'd love to. Let's, let's go. Awesome. Well, listen, thank you, Charles. It's been great having you on the show today. And uh, yeah, it's great to have you as a friend as well. So thank you very much. Oh, my pleasure. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Scale Up with Nick Bradley. If you enjoy the show just as much as I enjoy creating it for you, then I'd really appreciate you leaving a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And while you're there, why not subscribe to the channel so you never miss a future episode? It really helps me. It helps the show. Plus, it makes it easier for others to access the content that I'm producing week in and week out. And finally, if you want more information about anything you heard in today's show or to find out how you can get more help in scaling up your business and your life, click the link in the show notes now to learn about our coaching, mentoring, and mastermind programs. See you soon.